Leading a fashion business in today's ever-changing economic background takes a multitude of skills along with guts, instinct and energy. In the Industry.Fashion's In Conversation podcast, we talk to the people who are in possession of all of those qualities and more, including those who have set up their own businesses or those who have risen to the top of fashion businesses, large and small. We delve into the background of these leaders' careers, find out what drove them to success, what continues to motivate them and what their ambitions are for the future. We also get their take on how they see the industry developing, along with their advice for those wishing to follow in their footsteps. Maria Chenoweth is the CEO of The Trade Charity, which has 12 stores in London, and the co-founder of the new sustainable retail concept, Charity Supermarket, the UK's first multi-charity pre-loved pop-up fashion concept store. Currently located in the former Topshop unit at Brent Cross Shopping Centre, in collaboration with Landlord Hammerson. It's a format that has hit the ground running, and the initial four-week period has been extended to six weeks. What's more, Chenoweth and Ferrer Charity Supermarket co-founder Wayne Hemingway, founder of Red or Dead and Hemingway Design, planned to take the concept on tour. She tells the industry.fashion's contributing editor Tom Bottomley all about it. So, hi, Maria. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. Hi, Tom. I just wanted to, first off, get a bit about your background um, prior to joining Trade as CEO. So, I come from the West Country, a little seaside town where not much happens, apart from Broadchurch was filmed there, so that was exciting. And so, I've had a very long history with secondhand clothes, which has sort of led me to my career and where I am today. So... Donkeys years ago, I helped out at a jumble sale um, at um, for for my comprehensive school, um, and just fell in love with secondhand clothes. I can't quite describe it. It was the look, the feel, and where I come from, um, Clevedon, this very small seaside town. There was no clothing. Yeah, th- that began this sort of romantic relationship with. Um, secondhand clothes which really peeved my mother because um I used to I used to have to hoist the clothes up in into my bedroom because it really wasn't deemed to be a good thing to wear secondhand clothes in those days because it meant your family were poor but I just saw it as like a a, a, a thing of beauty so sort of fast forwarding um I went into commercial retail I was quite good at making money um and then um, one day I wasn't working and I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought, I want to go and work for charity. So um, I went and, I went off and totally changed my career and started volunteering. So I went and uh, volunteered at my local charity shop. And then for, <laughs> here we are today. Um, I've been in charity retail for 30 years. I've been uh, the CEO of trade for like 20 yeah, since 2003. So, yeah, from that little seaside town jumble cell to volunteering in my local charity shop to here we are 30 years later, CEO of Trade, most incredible job, and also the co-founder of Charity Supermarket. Indeed. So how would you best describe Trade? So Trade is a charity that's all about clothing. Um, It's about how our clothes are made. That's part of where our funding goes. So, for example, um, 
far off countries uh, because the um, how our clothes are made is global. So, for example, we fund projects in Ethiopia and Benin, um, and that is converting people from using pesticides to organic cotton methods. We fund children's centers in Bangladesh. So when people make our clothes um, in these far-off countries that we don't see, you know, they leave their children on the streets. There's nowhere, you know, when people are in the garment factories, there's nowhere to leave their children. Um, pa- the parents work really long hours. So, um, yeah, we've got four centers. So children have somewhere safe to be. Um, and we also fund projects in Tamil Nadu, which is spinning mills. Um, again, it's all about how our clothes are made. But what brings us back to the UK is we raise the funds for these global projects um, from reselling people's unworn clothes um, through our 12 charity shops. Um, trade charity shops are very different. I don't know if you've ever seen one, Tom. I can't say I have, I must say. Okay, if you're in London, you'd know. So we're, we're London-centric. and um, our shop- Whereabouts in London? So Kilburn High Road, Westbourne Grove, Wood Green, uh, Shepherd's Bush, Dalston, Peckham, Brixton. They're on the high street in very, very high footfall locations. They're quite big. And you might not recognize them as a charity shop because our windows are very unique and unusual. We've got a very fabulous window dresser called Francesco, who's very creative. They're like works of art, and they've ended up in vogue. Even Gilbert and George um, come and pay a compliment to our shop windows in Dalston. So, yeah, 12 shops, very big, high footfall, very different to other charities. And how long have you known Wayne Hemingway and how did you join forces for Charity Supermarket? So I've known Wayne for 24 years. So when I started at Trade, um, he was sort of chosen to be the patron. Um, And that was because he was a secondhand king. Um, So he came from the markets in Camden. He also had a warehouse in Wembley. So when trade, we still have our warehouse in Wembley. So there was a Wembley connection, a secondhand clothes connection. Um, And then beyond that, we both have our personal secondhand clothing story. So we met um, through trade. He was a patron. I just started. And then um, at the time, he was also like a consultant for um, Topman. And so... We joined forces. Um, we created this um, clothing label, Trade Remade, and we started selling charity shop clothes in a commercial outlet. This is going back, you know, 20 years ago. And uh, so we had, so we created this like um, upcycle clothing label called Trade Remade, which again, people are now trying to do. And yeah, putting secondhand charity clothes in a commercial space. And this was like before, you know, social media and everything. So, you know, we'd end up in GQ magazine. Um, yeah, it was it was very novel, way ahead of its time. So um, just by chance, I bumped into him on the tube about, about um, seven years ago. And then we sort of kept in contact and 
did a few things. We started um, going to the Charity Retail Association and um, joining their conferences, giving talks. And we realized that charities really, really wanted to broaden their appeal and demographic. And so then we went back and we spoke to them, said, like, what's happened a year later? And nothing had changed. And, and you can't keep going back and wasting people's time and not changing something. There's all this greenwashing going on in the press. So, you know, all these fast fashion labels are getting all the headlines because they're pretending to do something good. But in our view, Charities are constantly selling stuff and doing good. It's not a greenwash, it's a real story and getting no press. So we wanted to get the charities into to get the media oxygen that they deserved. And I think we've achieved that quite well. Um, then the other factor was we knew that under the right banner and heading, we could hopefully drive more people and make charity retail more mainstream. And I think we achieved that as well. So by being in a shopping centre, by being in Brent Cross, next to John Lewis, opposite Apple, that is mainstream retail. I don't think there's any other charity shops in a location like that. We'll be back for more In Conversation after this short ad break. Returns are expected to cost British fashion retailers some £7 billion this year. On top of this, the waste generated by returns means the cost to the planet, as well as the retailers' bottom lines, is getting unsustainable. In our latest report that we've created with Blackman, the leading logistics partner for omnichannel commerce, we look at how you can transform returns from a profit drain to a profit driver. Download your free copy today at theindustry.fashion. You did something prior to this, didn't it? Was this something to do with like a car boot sale or something? Was this like a trial thing? Because obviously the thing of the uh, Brent Cross store is, is mega, isn't it? But there yeah. must have been the lead up to that. Yeah, we did a few pilots. So Hemingway Design, they do something called the classic vintage car boot sale. It's not called that, but so I've got that name wrong, but something like that, I always get wrong. And um, it's a huge event. It's in King's Cross, Cold Drops. And so um, there's an area where there's lots of traders trading in vintage um, and it's like a party full of beautifully dressed people. And then down the side, there's like a there's another part to Cold Drops Yard down the side. And um, this was an area where you don't have to pay to get into. And so there was two pilots of charities coming together, but it was only about five or six um, and we did it twice, um, and it was mega successful. But wasn't just successful for the charities; it was successful for the surrounding retailers and drove footfall. So yeah, we did two small pilots, and then decided to jump headfirst into the water, which is the four-week pop-up at Brent Cross. Now six weeks due to customer demand that we. Oh had- really? So so that launched on the twenty seventh of January. So you're now running until. March. First week in February. Sorry, first week in March. Yes, yes. So, yeah, there was customers saying that they were going to, like, do a petition if we couldn't stay. It's If you go into the store, and I don't know if you've been into the store yet, I know you're going to say no. I haven't yet, no. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. And um, the atmosphere is so good. There's DJs playing. Each charity, so there's 10 charities in there at the moment, and each charity has, like, set up within its 
So it's, it looks like concessions. It looks like an old department store. And it has an old department store feel. It's like a mixture of Selfridges, Debenhams, and, yeah, Topshop all pulled into one. There's DJs playing. The vibe is amazing. It's so busy. And each charity looks like a concession. And the other sort of parallel with the um, with a department store, it's like parents and their kids going in together, both can buy something having a bonding experience and really enjoying it. This broad demographic, I love it. I used to go to department stores with my mother when I was a child, like CNA and Debenhams. But this is an ethical department store where every pound you spend is a good pound. Sure. And what, uh, which charities are in there? So, right, this is where you test my memory. Um, we've got... Um, Trained, my charity, Cancer Research, Emmaus, Havens Hospice, Marie Curie, SCT. Uh, um, right, I've got four more to remember. Can you help me out here, Tom? Have you, you say there's, ten, there's, there's ten in total, though, right? There yeah? is ten in total. Yeah. Shelter, Bernardo's. Don't forget AGK, those. Age UK, one more. Oh, and All Aboard. I did it. Hooray. (laughs) So do they each do their own editing as to what goes in their space? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've really been on the back foot here. So it's like we were given a shop. We had four weeks to get it open, not just a shop, a 10,000-square-foot shop. We had four weeks to get it open. We had the bloody Christmas shutdown in between. So we couldn't actually, we knew all this work we had to do, but we actually couldn't do it because everyone's away on Christmas holidays. And um, so, yeah, we've let the charities curate it themselves and choose how they want to manage it. But this is the first time ever that charities have come together and worked together like this. And they have been a thing of love and beauty of helping one another out hopefully learning from one another Um, and hopefully in the future we will be working together. You know, business is seen as this thing of everyone has to compete, take more of market share, so on and so forth. But no, we're working together and that's, to me, I want to, to be able to create a new business model would be a thing of amazement. So how did it go about collaborating with the uh, landlord, Hammerson? Um, so Hemingway Design, they do town planning and things. So they're always, yeah, they, they do design for for um, these landlords and have relationships. But what Wayne and I did, we went out and we spoke to every big landlord um, to see if, you know, this was something that they wanted to take up. And some just didn't get it, you know, we went to talk to some big wigs and it's like they just saw smelly charities and so on and so forth. Hammerson, uh, Harry, he got it because his kids shop secondhand. So it's his kids sort of influencing, you know, the parents saying, you know, charity is the cool place to shop. And yeah, they, they saw the vision and that was great um, because you know, as Wayne always says, so many town planners, when, when he goes to meet them, that we don't want another charity shop. Can you get rid of them? But charity retail is 
the best retail. It's the greenest retail. It's the kindest retail. You know, charity retail fills the gaps where government pockets don't. You know, at any point, we could be on the receiving end of where we spend our money with charity, whether it's end-of-life care, cancer research, somewhere, you know, for, for people who, to take their pets when they can't afford, you know, for them to be looked after. There is so much kindness within that spend when we buy secondhand and we buy charity. We'll be back for more In Conversation after this short ad break. I'm Tom Shearsmith, news editor at TheIndustry.Fashion, and I'm here to remind you that every day we dedicate ourselves to producing daily news features and insights to keep our readers up to date and ahead of the curve of events changing the UK fashion market, such as breaking stories, interviews and analysis. Remember to check in every day to stay up to date. All of our content is free to view, and why not sign up for our free daily update newsletter? And do you think the concept and perception of secondhand clothing has changed over the years? Absolutely. Um, So part of the work of trade, that was to, you know, really make secondhand accessible. That's why we created a different business model, a different look, a different aesthetic, and we made charity retail quite inclusive. Now today, 65% of people wear something secondhand. And 80% of secondhand purchases are made through charity shops. Um, And what I have seen, the demographic is definitely changing. You know, huge appeal now to the younger generation again. Um, And you see, like, kids coming into charity shops after school. I mean, who could ask for anything more? I love it. Right, and what what kind of finds can we can they expect to uh, discover? What what are they coming in for for branded goods or specific looks? Um, in charity retail, generically, I think people, I think the motivation of shopping secondhand is, I think, for the younger people, it's about being sustainable. There is a sort of grungy look going on. I don't know anything about fashion. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's sustainability. I think it's likely not caring what you look like. Then there's people that really do care what they look like. Um, You know, so for myself, I like wearing vintage clothes. I'm a bit 1980s pink today. And um, so there really is something for everyone. So we gave Charity Supermarket the title Supermarket, A, because I really like the word super. Um, And so it was like, Something for everybody. That that's yeah, that was the whole notion behind the, the title. And in relation to trade um, and trade shops, we have a very broad demographic, but we treat we treat our demographic separately. So we have um, we have sales where the public go bananas. So the clothes go down to like one pound fifty. You haven't seen anything. You would get trampled on. You know, you might not enjoy that experience, but some people do. The bargain hunters, people, oh, I've got this 150. And then we have these changeovers. And so all our premium product goes out then. And then you can have anything from designer to high street brands. So, yeah, I, I, I really believe in something for everybody, not just vintage or niche or, yeah, secondhand mainstream. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, it's, it has been something that I I noticed a while back. Because having having been somebody who always shopped in charity shops myself for for the odd find here and there, 
<clears throat> you know, certainly they uh, they wised up over the years, and and all of a sudden you'd have somebody in in the store who knew what they were doing and what a brand was and and what it might actually fetch. But the prices certainly um, started to rise, yeah, quite rapidly. Do you think that's a little bit of a um, I don't know a whole a, a holding block in terms of um, people's perception of you know, they, they think you've been given it as a charity. Why would they be paying like £60 for something that's secondhand? Um, no, to have things incorrectly priced is awful. And there's not, it, it, it does, it does turn you off. And I think a couple of things sort of happen. So, you know, clothing used to have good value. So a cashmere jumper, you know, going back in time, would be you know to buy new would be quite expensive it would be quality and have longevity so people wouldn't mind paying more but now a cashmere jumper it, it creates a dust ball somewhere the goats aren't treated very well and it's really bad quality so I think this like mentality of you know what's on the high street reflecting into the prices within charity shop there was a bit of a time lag um so yeah it and also, a lot of charities are reliant on volunteers to price the clothing. It's So it's not a conscious decision to put all the prices up. It's all low, tons and tons of individually unique products with this like mental decision having to be made on what to price something by tons of people. So, yeah, I apologize. There will be inconsistencies. Um, and, yeah, I guess customer feedback is really, really important. But the most important thing for charities is you've got to look at the outside market constantly because what you what might have once been an expensive brand is could be now like a cheap diffusion brand. Sure. And how did the conversation with 10 different charities get underway? I mean, are these contacts you had already or...? Yeah, well, we've been going to the um, to charity retail conferences, and we just did a big shout out. So we had to like find all these names and list them, and yeah, it was meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And again, some charities got it straight away, and some were like, "Oh, we're going to see how it goes, and then we might join you." So some did miss out, I'm afraid. Right. And in terms of uh, future opportunities across Hammerson's retail portfolio, mm. um, is there any, any intention maybe to take this on tour? We are indeed. So as we are sat here, um, we're looking at other venues, um, and yeah, we might not, we might only have like a week breathing space in between. So currently, we're looking at, but not confirmed. We've been looking at Bristol, Reading, Edinburgh, Manchester. So, yeah, it's got to be the right size space, the right location. Um, yes, and it'd be amazing to see if we can, well, if we can exceed the success of Brent Cross because that has been incredible. So did you put together the whole look and feel of it yourself, um, obviously along with the brands, but you and Wayne predominantly? Uh, yeah, it was Wayne and Hemingway Design, yeah. So, I mean, is it very much a case for you for rolling back the years to when you first started out? What was the charity shop you started out in, by the way? Oxfam, Muswell Hill. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you could pick up some good finds then. 
Oh my god! Well, it was, I was actually concentrating mostly on the fair trade product. So fair trade was really, really in then. So I think that was about the late nineties, wasn't it? And um, yeah, with the jangly sort of Indian sort of bells and the tea, the coffee, you know, this like beautiful exotic stuff. And then I went on um, to help design some concept stores with them. There was Oxfam No Logo, the book in record shop. But I was physically up and down ladders with paintbrushes. Um, yeah, so that, that was a nice little start to the career. So you're taking it full circle, really? Yeah, going back to my roots of doing innovative things. And in terms of the, the, the staff in the uh, Brent Cross uh, supermarket, what are they? Have they been hand selected in terms of how they uh, how they look, how they dress, how they how confident they are? Or no, it's um, charities. They've selected their own stuff. I think um, because people really enjoy these pop ups and experiences, um, a lot of the head of retails have like gone down and done stuff themselves. So you know, you got the the top brass coming down from. Um, the charities because it it's a really really enjoyable experience so no we didn't select the staff the only thing we got is the shop manager the, so we call her the super manager Sepa Day has been amazing anything else to add in terms of the uh, your future with uh, on this on this uh, project with Wayne um, yeah it's we will be going on tour we'll be coming to a city near you maybe a town and yeah please shop charity shop it really is the best thing you can do for the planet and people okay and is it a kind of like a department store type thing you would you would go for again absolutely yes yeah a big as many charities as possible and local charities as well that's really really important so another important part of charity supermarket is about giving you know the small hospices and places a high footfall rental space and another thing with a charity supermarket is you know it is risk-free for the charities there's no investment um and yeah it's it's just a really good thing you know on the high street usually you'd have to sign up to long leases charities you know smaller charities can't get premium locations because they're so expensive so hopefully you know this being a business model for the future is risk-free and generating more income for very good causes. Perfect. That's great, Maria. Uh, Lovely to speak to you and um, good luck with the uh, future ventures. Lovely. Lovely to meet you. If this fashion leader's story inspired you, why not head over to our website at theindustry.fashion or find us on your favourite podcast platform where you can hear from many more leading industry figures. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be sure that you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review or rating. If you would like to suggest names that you would like to hear on the podcast, feel free to drop us a line at press at theindustry.fashion. And remember to visit www.theindustry.fashion for your daily fashion fix and to sign up for our free daily update newsletter.